Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I pray today that you are making this podcast your favorite drive time podcast. Listen, I am in a very special place this day. I'm just thinking and praying this morning and I was praying specifically for our friends in the Caribbean and in Florida, particularly Jacksonville. Uh, I have lots of friends in Jacksonville and Orlando area um, because as always during this month, there's the hurricane season. So it's usually the end of uh, August, September, beginning of October. And it also has residual effects that flow into the Carolinas and uh, lower parts of Virginia. So I want us all to lift up that area of the country, that area of the world, the Caribbean, the Florida, again, Georgia, all the way up to the Carolinas, into the lower parts of Virginia. Just keep them in prayer as another storm attacks. But God is a keeper in the name of Jesus. He keeps us all. He blesses us all. He makes a way out of no way. And I can essentially say, after living a few years in the Jacksonville area, that God is a storm keeper. He will keep you in the midst, not only of the physical storms, but he will keep you in the midst of your spiritual storms, the storms of life, the hurricanes of life, the tornadoes of life that leave you spinning in an unfamiliar pattern seemingly as if you are out of control but when you land but when the spinning stops but when the trouble ceases you will know that god is god and above him there is no other listen today i want to do a particular work in the area of isolation i want to talk about isolation I want to talk about the spirit of isolation. And isolation is is a critical 
key component of covenant making. And I don't have time to go into it today. You know that there are seven covenants in the world, uh, starting with the Adamic covenant and then the Noahic covenant, then the Abramic covenant, then the, uh, oh, the Mosaic covenant, then the Davidic covenant. And then, of course, the new covenant with Jesus and then the everlasting covenant. But I want to get into the first man that lived. And I talk about the book of Genesis a lot because there is so many thematic conclusions that are wrapped up in the book of Genesis. Because the book of Genesis is the book of origins. is the book of how things began. Not just the earth, but different thought processes, different ways of doing things, how we as humanity were established in the earth. Certain things were placed in us. That's why there is what is known as the first Adam. And then there is what is known as the New Testament calls the second Adam. The second Adam was Jesus. But they both have the same systems running through their body spiritually. Uh, what do I mean by that? Jesus, as well as Adam, both of them were called to be priests. Both of them were called to be kings. Both of them were called to be prophetic. So in the grand scheme of things, all of us in humanity have a priestly nature, a kingly nature, and a prophetic nature. And these things are given to us by virtue of being created in the image of of God and we have to understand that but aside from that we have to also understand that in order for God to really do a work in our lives there are times where we have to be isolated and let me use a term that most people are familiar with alone and people do not like to be alone many people prefer to be surrounded by people they want to be in the mix, loved by people. They want to be on the internet, liked by people. They want to be in a place where their validation comes from people. But let me say something that is critical to today's message. Our validation does not, I repeat, our validation, our authentication, our preservation does not come from man. It comes from God. And I know some people don't want to hear that, but that is the truth. We were created by God for God, where he does a work through us to be the men and women of God that he called us to be. That is the, the bottom line. We were created by God for God, not for ourselves. And so we have to come into a place where we want to live for God. The Bible talks about it with Noah and even with Enoch, that as Enoch walked with God, so did Noah walk with God. They dedicated themselves. They gave themselves over to God to live a lifestyle that served God. And I want to say this because many people confuse turning your life over to God and perfection. As we turn our lives over to God, we will not be perfect. We will still have pockets where we sin and fall short of the glory of God. It keeps us humble. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us in a place where we all know that we need God. We need God. 
All of us, every day, we need God. But if you're alone today, if you're in a season where it seems like your friends have dissipated and your friendships are no longer as close as they used to be, if you feel like you are in a, and I don't want to call it a spiral, but it can start off like a spiral until you settle down and relax and realize this one thing, that God will never leave you or forsake you. He's with you always, even until the end of the world. Come on, get that in your spirit, that God will never leave you. He's with us always, even until the end of the world. So there is power in God by himself. When we spend time with God by ourselves, it is a transformative place where God changes us, where God speaks to us, where God gives us direction. He gives us guidance. God is trying to take you someplace where you have never been. In order to get to this place, we have to spend time with God alone and be all right with it. So today I want to talk about the power of isolation. God wants to speak to you. Adam was the first man to be alone. However, it was in his aloneness, in his alone time with God, that he truly got to know God. We truly develop a relationship with God when we spend time with him and we can spend time daily in prayer. We can spend time daily reading his word. We can spend time daily in meditation. And these three things are essential. Prayer, word, meditation. And that's our alone time. And then we spend time corporately with God in the community and in the church. But it was in his alone time that he learned. Watch this and listen very carefully. And you can go to Genesis chapter 2. To kind of get all of the scripture notes and so on and so forth. But I'm just giving you an overview today. He learned to dress and to tend the garden. To dress or tend the garden. Which in the Hebrew denotation. That's the, the dictionary understanding. Even in the connotative understanding. The cultural understanding. Of not just working. So the word tend and dress doesn't just mean to work. But it means to worship. Work and worship in the origin of the Bible and in the origin of the creation of man were intended to be not sacred and secular, but they were intended to be just sacred. They are one and the same with a symbiotic relationship. And as you work, you work, do everything unto the glory of God. So we didn't go to work to shuffle off and to be lazy and to be unintentional and to just do any old thing, any old kind of way and don't care. No, when you're working, you ought to be intentional. You ought to look to be the very best that you can be. You ought to put pull your shoulders back, pull your head up and do it unto the glory of God. Your boss doesn't have to be around. You just do it unto the glory of God. And when we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, God 
looks at our work as our worship. So our work is our worship and our worship is our work. And yes, we worship on Sunday morning with our hands lifted up. But worship is more than that. Worship is the lifestyle. It is our commitment to doing things in a way that brings God the glory. So Adam learned to work and worship. Those two things are twins. But man learning to worship uh, was part of man's first assignment to be priest. We have to know how to minister to God and we minister to God in work and worship. Second thing. He was told to keep the garden or to secure the garden. The garden was an entire region. There were four rivers running through the garden. It was a massive piece of land that would have been secured only by a king. Think about this. Given that much territory, you need to be a king. Now watch this. A king protects principalities or jurisdictions and all that is therein. That was part of Adam's role. He was the first steward of jurisdictions. He was king over God's kingdom, aka the garden. But the garden was not the garden in your backyard. The garden was a massive piece of real estate and he was given the authority to manage this garden in his kingship as a king when when the enemy attacks the property when the enemy when the enemy attacked the garden like a king who would normally call his army in the act of an aggressive attack from an external nation adam should have called on god today when we go through trials and tribulations and attacks on our families and attacks on our job and attacks on our life and attacks on our character and attacks on our relationship with God, we should call on the name of Jesus. Jesus wants to come to be the king of kings. He will help us subdue the areas in our life that are lacking, but he does this in our private time when we spend time with God. When we read his word, we hear his voice. When we pray to him, we communicate backwards and forwards. So it's not just you talking, but it's God talking back to you. But these things happen in silence, in remote times, when we're not in a rush, when we just want to hear God's voice because God wants to speak to you hear me in this time in times where there's no right and there's no wrong and where there's a postmodern culture flowing through the world where people don't want to hear god or believe in god but they want to hear anything and believe in anything this is a time where those of us who are believers must stand up and begin to protect that which god has given you authority over just as a king and again if you come under attack we call on jesus and we know he will be there because we have a relationship with him you knew your big brother was coming you knew your mother was coming you knew your cousin was coming you knew that protector was coming your big sister when you called on them why because you had a relationship with them in the same way first natural then spiritual 
God is coming. He's already there. He just wants us to acknowledge his kingship, his authority in the earth and in the heavens and call on the name of Jesus. He will be a very present help in the time of trouble. So thirdly, it was in his alone time that God shared his heart and mind. He said this to Adam, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat it, for in the day that thou shalt eat it, thou shalt surely die. This was a word, a prophetic word, a word that would come to pass. He said it to Adam, watch this, before the enemy attacked. He gave him provision because this is the way that the enemy is going to attack. So here is your shield. Here is your word. Here's your sword to fight against the, the attacks of the enemy, to fight against the fiery darts of the enemy, your shield and sword, the word of God. But watch this as kings, as uh, we have to have a word in our belly. That's why it's so important that we read the word because the word is the mind of God. And we can speak prophetically in this season with the mind of God, knowing the will of God, knowing the power of God. This is what gives us that prophetic edge. And watch this. And I'm not talking about just going around prophesying a new car, a new house and all of those things. That's all wonderful but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being a false prophet. I'm talking about knowing and understanding the will and the heart and the mind of God. Having your hand on the pulse of God. That is the nature of being a prophet. And so when the enemy attacked, he should have been able to tell Eve of every tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he had a word. He had a word for the season. He had a word for this time of destruction, but he did not use it. And then once he used the word and the enemy kept coming, you call on the name of God and let God do what God does. This is how we have to operate even in the earth today. But in his alone time that God will give you a word for future times, a word that you meditate on and you regurgitate over and over, you meditate over and over, you, you, you say it in your spirit until it becomes rhema to you, until it's just normal to you. So while he was alone, God fed Adam the sweet honeycomb of his word, and Adam had a prophetic voice to repeat the mind and the heart of God. So remember, in these times of quiet, in these times of being alone, it is a divine solace, and God will never leave you. Or forsake you. Even when you feel like God is not there, God is there. It is in our alone time that God will speak to us and that in these times we learn from God. Because when we are alone with God, he empowers us. He comforts us. He gives us direction. He tells us that we are his own. He affirms us and he helps us to know that in spite of how we feel, we may feel alone in a crowd, but God is with us. We learn how to minister to him, to worship him. When we are alone, we learn how to effectively steward our earthly possessions 
When we learn to hear, to read, and to study his word, we will know his will, we will hear his heart. Yes, it is not good for man to be alone. So God gave man a woman, but before there was a woman, there was God. Hey, my time is up. I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. Remember, God wants to speak to you. So when you're alone, the next time you're alone, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's time to meet God in a way that you've never met him before. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Remember, after you have spoken to God and heard his will, I want you to go and influence the nations. God bless. Have a wonderful week.